You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right, guys, welcome to another episode. I know it's not being published every single Tuesday, but um, hey, we're at least getting through it. This is the thick of the offseason, right, Darren? It's so hard to find things to talk about right now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Because, like, you know, even actual, like, NFL reporters, they don't even know what the fuck to talk about. Like, they're just, like, making stuff up and just, like, doing anything they can to drive clicks. And so, you know. I have heard every iteration of a Deshaun Watson suspension possible at this point. So, I mean, that's all they really have to talk about right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're literally, <laughs> oh, dude, they're reaching. And as our listeners now know, they're going to look at the uh, title of this podcast and they're going to know that we are now reaching too, because now we're <laughs> just talking about what we believe could be the game of the year or at least just certain games during uh, the PDL season that might require a little extra storylines, a little extra attention for everyone involved. But before we talk about some really great games since the schedule have come out and we've had a little chance to kind of dissect and look at it, uh, like we always start at the beginning of the show, some PDL news. There's been one trade that occurred um, pretty recently. For those of you guys who don't know, um, oh, actually, Darren, you know. You know how Emily loves to go to the beach all the time? And you know I'm not a beach person, right? Yeah. Yeah, so every time we go to the beach, we have this, like, uh, little tent. Thing. You know when you go to the beach, you see those, like, weird families that have, like, a freaking tent on the beach? Yeah. No, that's me now. We've purchased one. And so I sit in this tent, and I have this little notepad with a pen, and it makes me look smart because other people are like, oh, is he free writing? Is he writing poems? I, I swear to God, I'll take a picture of, um. well, if the listeners actually listen to this. Yo, guys, if you listen to this, uh, ping me on Sleeper and tell me to share uh, what I did on the beach this past week. And I'll take a picture of everything I was doing. It's all PDL related. It was hilarious because um, Emily's mom was like, what are you doing? Because she knew I accepted a job. She's like, are you doing stuff for work? Or I was like, oh, no, it's it's just fantasy football stuff. So, yeah, anytime I say I'm going to the beach, I hate it so much. It really means that's just me to shut down my brain and only focus fantasy. So more often than not, a trade will happen. That's how I got Sanders. And that's now how this trade eventually happened because I just sit there and that's all I do. But long story short, the Delco Dreamers traded for Elijah Mitchell, but they did give up a 2023 second. And this is the Yow's 2023 second. And then their own 2025 third. I'm talking third person. Don't really know why, but I went out and got Elijah Mitchell because as we all know, I traded Austin Eckler away. And then the Alvin Kamara news was a little bit more aggressive than I thought it was going to be, or nothing's official yet, but um, you know, the, a little whispers says six week and that's half the season in fantasy football. And so I started to panic. I got Sanders. Now I got Elijah Mitchell there. And I know you're not a big Elijah Mitchell fan. So I need you to be brutally honest with me because I know the listeners are always like, Darren's too nice to Tommy. Tommy's too nice to Darren. No, I do tend to rip you one here and there anyway, but uh, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, this trade specifically, and then we'll talk about the overworks of what I ended up doing after the Eckler trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I admittedly am not the biggest fan of Elijah Mitchell, but I do think it was still good value. Um, I mean, I I don't understand Josh. Um, I've said this many <laughs> times now. This is like um, all our listeners know how you feel about Josh. Like, this is it, not a secret. It literally makes no sense to me because if I, I knew that Elijah Mitchell was on the block, of course, right? But you would think that, if he had this offer of a second and a third, he would go to Mike, who has said many times, hey, I need a running back, like many different ways at this Resident point. San Francisco fan also, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. So why not go to Mike and be like, hey, can you give me two seconds for Elijah Mitchell? And Mike might say, yeah. So, I mean, I personally, I think that's what Elijah Mitchell is worth. I think he's worth two seconds. So, I, like I saw Max in the chat said like 70% on the dollar or whatever, 70 cents on the dollar. I think it was probably closer, like 85 cents, like 90 cents. Like it was pretty close in value, I think. Um, but it was better value for your side than for Josh to me. Um, I know that he, I think he said in the chat or like somewhere like that he wanted a first round pick for Elijah Mitchell. And I don't think he was going to get that from anybody. But um, if you went from that down to a second and third, and it seemed at least to me that nothing else really happened between the those two valuations right there. Um, I don't know. He just kind of just fucks things up and then he disappears for a couple of days. And then he's like, yep, yep. See ya. 
So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand it from Josh's point of view because he literally like what? How long ago was it? Like three months ago where he had like a probably a walk in playoff team. Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Elijah Mitchell, Cam Akers. Like he had all these really good players. And then he was like, you know, he was probably a wide receiver away from just making it into the playoffs. And now he has one of the worst teams in the league again. It's just so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, my goodness. You never need to hold back when talking about Josh. But um, what are your overall thoughts on the strategy after I gave up Eckler? Because w- essentially what happened is I traded an Eckler and got two more depth piece like running backs instead of a superstar and then added a 2023 first on top of that. Obviously, you could kind of view it as a maybe Tommy kind of panicked after that clear trade and tried to get a little bit more running backs. But I've been trying to get Elijah Mitchell for quite a while. Um, and I know that's something Josh could admit to if he listens to the podcast, he'll be able to tell you, oh, yeah, Tommy's been trying to get Elijah Mitchell for like three months as well. So I knew there was a first round draft grade on him for a little while. And another thing that worked to my advantage, though, is I knew he needed a tight end. And now you're thinking, wait, you didn't trade him a tight end. I kind of had Knox in Knox and Hurst. I kind of moved interchangeably depending on what type of trade I was trying to send over to Josh. So he knew that I was trying to maneuver some type of trade. So I think what may have happened to make a move over from his first round evaluation from Elijah Mitchell is he might've saw, saw that um straight up Sanders for Knox trade. And then that may have caused him to panic because that might've been the best value he could have gotten for Elijah Mitchell. If you think Knox is worth more than two seconds. And so that's kind of when I went back over and be like, Hey, I mean, at the time I didn't have a 2023 second. And so I was like, all right, he, uh, I don't think he's going to get a first. I don't think anyone's going to be able to give him a first, but a 2023 second is, you know, as close as he can get to a first. That's not a first, if that makes sense, obviously. And so with that in mind, I was like, maybe he won't just give it up for just a second. So let me throw in and see if he wants a third. And evidently I knew my third wouldn't be for a little while. So I was like, ah, if he doesn't take it, I kind of get it. But kind of like you said, I'm not sold saying Elijah Mitchell is going to be some top, you know, a top 12 running back or anything like that, because we know how San Francisco does things and we know how much he gets injured. But for me, I was almost viewing as in, okay, whoever I draft in 2023, I kind of want them to eventually turn into something like Elijah Mitchell, someone that could contribute for my team right away. Cause my window isn't wide, wide open. Cause uh, a lot of my team is getting a little bit older. So it's almost my way of just saying, all right, let me just spend this 2023 second. Now and just get Elijah Mitchell on my team right now and just see if I could kind of make up for that depth. So yeah, that's kind of the inner workings of the trade and things like that. And I know you were already a big fan of that Austin Eckler trade uh, that I made before, but uh, you do have to keep in mind the construction of my team. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Me going for a little bit more depth and things like that. Would you have maneuvered differently? No, I, I mean, I think it was, it worked out really well for you. Um, Cause you got two running backs that probably together equal the output of Austin Eckler. And obviously you won't be able to play both of those running backs at the same time, a lot of weeks. Um, but you know, you get 50, 60% of the output that Austin Eckler gets on a given week. And then you get a first round pick on top of it. Um, so your team's still good, but you have like draft capital to go along with it. So, I, I mean, I think it worked out well because you're building more for the future. Cause you could have honestly not done anything at all. Had Austin Eckler probably would have been one of the two best teams in the league, potentially won the league again, you go into next year and you're, I would say you're definitely not going to get that same return for Austin Eckler this time next year. Um, so I think it was the perfect time to try and sell him peak value. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And once again, anything can happen, but I'm just really excited to see how things go because it's still a little bit of me getting PTSD from last season where I needed depth so bad. And now Yes, I kind of traded Eckler away, but I did receive a little bit more depth for that superstar name, getting two running backs instead of just the one. And hey, I already lost Alvin Kamara, and who knows? I'll probably lose a couple more players as the season goes, just like everyone who's listening. You're going to lose someone in the season. So for me, I knew that after um, realizing that Kamara might be out for a while and getting Sanders, I was like, well, that's not enough. I need a little bit more depth here, but I don't want to go out and get like a Mike Davis or like a Mark Ingram. I was like, I, I need one more person, but uh, let's see who I can get for 2023 second. And I'm sure I probably could have gotten someone even better. Who knows? But at the time um, I knew I liked, or I obviously I like Elijah Mitchell and I've liked him for a little bit, just the style, the way he plays. And when I dived into the um, 
film study, I, I liked him even more. And so I'm really happy with the return because it does give me that depth as well. Uh, and I'm just hoping that they work out because, of course, I just spent draft capital on arguably two of the more injury prone like running backs, even though that's not really a title that we like to carry. But that kind of covers the little trade section. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some more trades to talk about. And that's actually might be a little bit of a teaser of a future episode that we're going to be dropping soon. But to move on ahead, Darren, let's talk about some of the games that's going to be on the PDL schedule. I feel like there's a lot of really fun ones to watch. And let's just kick it off at week one, Darren. What games kind of popped out to you and said, wow, this is going to be a really great way to start off the season? So the number one thing to me was um, Delco versus Murphy Street. And you kind of came back and said, well, I mean, I won't have my team at full strength. So Max should probably wipe the floor with me. So um, it's true, though, right? Like you might not think that and you're being like, Tom, you're being too humble. But but like, let's be honest. I I think it'll be it'll be a game. You know, it'll be a game. Like It won't be like he's not going to be by like 50 points. You know, like it it should still be relatively close, I think. All right. Maybe not 50 points, but I think it definitely beat me by like 20 plus. Well, well, I would have said that two weeks ago before you added Miles Sanders and Elijah Mitchell, because you figure you probably won't have Alan Kamara. It looks like you definitely won't have DeAndre. Hopkins. Oh yeah. Before that trade, I think I had, um, Kadarius Tony and chase Edmonds in as my flex. Yeah. Which okay, I'm not so saying Elijah I- Mitchell and Sanders are much better than that. So that's why I'm saying, listen to what well, I have in my flex right now. Cause Murphy street, like that's like me being able to pick any two pl- or not any two players, because I'm not going to pick mean, Jonathan Taylor or anything like that, have, but like two of his starters out. and Zeke and his flex. No, yeah, right. he should still wipe the floor. Zeke should be good, dude. I know I slander him a lot, but week one, Zeke is gonna be so, Zeke is gonna be so good until like week five, and he's gonna be hot garbage. I think but week like, one they play the Bucks though, so oh, like he might not be that good. It, right. If they play, if that, if I remember correctly, and they play the Bucks, he's probably not gonna be like more than ten points that week. And then his other flex is Nick Chubb with the Deshaun Watson-less. Browns. Dude, so they're so. gonna lay they're gonna lean heavily on him and they oh wait, they play the Panthers, right? Well, yeah, they do. They're gonna lean heavily on him, but he's gonna suck because they're just gonna stack the box. <laughs> like that's all they're gonna do. So I, I think between the two, they'll probably have like what 25 points at most, like between the two of those guys, and then like your guys could definitely match that Miles Sanders. Dude, Z could and... just like fall into the end zone. He doesn't have to have an he efficient could. game, but he could just like fall right in. Well, last year when they played the Bucks last year, week one, I think he had like 11 carries for 33 yards, and that was all he That's did. That's true. That's true. But then again, so, that that Bucks defense, like the first half of that year, was like historically good. I was just like, oh my god! Like people just didn't good. run on him; they just didn't want they, to anymore. Well, they replaced Adama King Sue with Akeem Hicks, who's arguably better. So, oh no, he's definitely like, better. At least in this stage <laughs> of his career, he's an actual bear. And then him and Vita Vea. Wait, don't they run? Don't they just have Vita Vea in at nose, right? So they're gonna yeah. have, yeah. Oh my god, dude, that run defense. Yeah, that so that good. defense is really good. Like, yeah, really those good. linebackers are gonna be able to fly side to side with no blockers on them because their interior linemen are just gonna eat up all the blocks. I'm actually gonna check right now to see who they play week one. Yeah, they play Tampa Bay, so, but they're they're at home this time. They're not in Tampa, so that might help a little bit. But <sighs> all right, we're spending too much on just this game. But the reason why this is going to be. Um, something exciting is it's no secret. I mean, Max uh, wiped me out last year because I wanted to repeat and he was just on a different path and he just destroyed everyone. He beat me and then it was on his way to a title. And so it's kind of another repeat matchup, in my opinion, with one of the most anticipated playoff game last year. So it's really cool that I get to go up against Max head to head. But kind of like what I mentioned, I'm not saying, oh, here's Tommy making excuses, but let's be honest, I, d- I am going to play max without two guaranteed starters on my team if they were healthy and or playing so um i definitely believe that max is going to beat me his team is just better top to bottom and they'll be at full strength so to me uh, i i think it's definitely gonna be something exciting to watch but i feel like it's so easy to understand how it's going to go but for me i believe the better week one matchup is actually going to be your team darren it's going to be carolina thunder versus the hollywood hustle and for good reason too This is two teams that are kind of trying to figure out the same trajectory. It looks like both teams believe that they have championship aspirations. Um, Obviously, in your case, Darren, I don't have to tell your storyline, but you've made 
the playoffs every single year. You're the only owner that could ever say that. But unfortunately, you don't have a single playoff win. And I know that's a monkey that mm-hmm. you're dying to get off your shoulder. And this year looks to be the year where you should at least be able to get one. And then we have Hollywood, the team that was barely one sit start away from winning the whole thing but getting absolutely no respect on this podcast. And they keep saying, well, we're just going to surprise everyone. We're going to do it again. We're going to run the table. So what's going to give? Is Carolina finally going to be able to make that giant push and become, you know, that team that gets to jump jump up into that tier with Max? Or is Hollywood going to be able to knock you off and then try to continue their path with that huge turnaround Brian did with Hollywood already? Because before he got there, They haven't won a game. And when he got there, they took him all the way to the championship. So there's so much storyline here, and it should be really interesting because one of these teams have to start 0-1. And so it's going to be really exciting because I know that's not really in pictures of what both of these owners have in mind. But, Darren, you got to be kind of excited with this week one matchup, right? Yeah, I mean, you always want to get off to a good start. Unfortunately, um, Brian and I both have tough schedules this year. Um, But, you know, getting a win week one, it's always nice because, you know, you can get off to that good start, maybe string a couple wins together in the beginning of the season. That's always something that you want to do because, I mean, the faster you can get to what, I think it's like eight wins now and and you're probably locked into a playoff spot. The faster you Mm -hmm. get to eight, the the longer you can coast for. So if you start out eight and oh, you're like, yeah, I got a playoff spot. I don't really care what happens from this point now. (laughs) At this point, uh, yeah, getting a bye would be great, but regardless, I'm in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's all you really want at the end of the day because, you know, Max had eight eight or nine wins last year and he won the league. He didn't have a bye. So, I mean, all you really need to do is is get in. If you have it, I mean, I guess if you have a team that's as good as Max's, then all you need to do is get in. But um, <laughs> if you, like, that's really, like, the goal for the teams that want to make the playoffs at least. Like, obviously, that's not the goal for Greg. Um, but you get in and then you make some noise a little bit. Hopefully this year I can – fucking get a playoff win but you know we'll see (laughs) yeah so to me to kick off week one there are already two games on our radar where we're saying wow this kind of grabs our attention and then darren week four you found a game where on paper i was like oh yeah that kind of looks interesting but then i was like but why should we talk about them and then you kind of explained why and it absolutely makes sense but what is this game that i'm currently referencing it is the week four matchup between jeff and brett um the reason why I picked this game is because I think both of these teams are kind of in like the similar kind of team build right now. Um, Like they're teetering on like I could maybe win the league or maybe I should just start over and rebuild. Um, Now they both have like really tough schedules. Greg has basically a bye week one. I mean, Jeff, excuse me, has a bye week one because he plays Greg. Um, That's a win. Like he's going to start out one to know. (laughs) Um, but Brett on the other hand plays Mike. That's a really tough matchup. Both two good teams. Um, week two, Brett plays me tough matchup and Jeff plays max. Very tough matchup. So defending champ. All right. That's getting, it's getting, you know, so like Brett could potentially maybe be Oh, and two at this point, Jeff's probably like one and one and one, let's say, um, week three, you have Brett versus Brian tough game. And Damn, you dude. Have, <laughs> you have Jeff versus you. So let's say going into week four, worst case scenario, Jeff is one and two, and Brett is zero oh and three. So the dude, loser. I'm envisioning this- that meme of that boxer who's destroyed. He's <laughs> like, I didn't hear no bell, but they're like, <laughs> they're like brutalized and they're like dying, dude. That is such a type. It's a terrible way. Dude, if Jeff didn't draw Greg week one, both of those schedules is literally death row. And then they have to do it again, essentially, at the end of the year. Yeah. And then you you figure, so week four coming into it, say, say worst case, they're one and two and oh and three. If Brett loses, he's oh and four. If Jeff loses, he's one and three. So this might be like the the hinge point of both of these teams, depending on how it goes. Yeah, they they might need to start selling some of their older assets. so, like, in, in Jeff's case, I know he literally just got Russell Wilson and Aaron Jones and Stefan Diggs, but maybe he's like, you know, maybe it's time to at least send away Aaron Jones or Stefan Diggs or somebody to a team that, like, and on, on the same kind of side. Who of knows? Point. Maybe Mike starts off, like, 4-0, and and he's like, holy shit, I can win this thing. And he and just Mike's needs like, a running back. And he's like, give me Aaron Jones. Yep. 
Yep. And he's like, give me Aaron Jones, give me uh, Dalton Schultz. And like, you know, I'll give you some draft picks or whatever. And Brett, if Brett goes in or if he loses this game and he loses all of the games to begin with, there's a very real chance Brett could start. Oh, and four, just not because he has a bad team, but because of his matchups. Yeah. And we, we saw it last year with, with Max, like Max was, he won eight or nine games, but he had a shitty schedule. So he just kept losing games, even though he's scoring a lot of points. So, you know, yeah, his team wasn't bad. It was just the matchups were rough. And obviously I'm yeah. glad that it ended up that way because then Max went on a fucking tear in the playoffs and be like, see, it was the schedule. It wasn't me. And he just showed everyone a lesson. But Brett might be in that similar trait, but his team just might not have the backbone that Max's team had. Once again, not saying he doesn't have a good team, but. Dude, mm-hmm. I don't want Brett's schedule, dude. If I no, had Brett's I, schedule I with how many te- like people are hurt on my team, dude, I would be fighting for like that fifth or sixth seed, I feel like. Yep, and then you, you figure this might be the point where, I mean, it, it could be best case scenario and they could like they could win all these games and they could go into it 3-0 and as one of them or probably both of them. It's not going to happen that way. Um, but one of them could be like riding high, you know, and going into this game, but... Uh, like it could be the point where a we game. see Brett put Dalvin Cook on the trade block and Travis Kelsey on the trade block and Zach Ertz on the trade block. So we could see like a lot of movement after this game if it goes like worst case scenario. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is one of those games that you kind of have your eye on if you're one of the teams that are trying to go all in. If you're Mike, you should be looking at this game, right? Like, (laughs) if this goes the wrong way for Jeff or Brett, or maybe even both of them somehow, then you're like, all right, do I want to add a Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Jones onto my team right now? Because I could Mm -hmm. probably send a couple picks their way because it's over for them now. And kind of do that. But speaking of Mike, let's jump over, fast forward now, to week seven. I mean. I feel like we're talking about Max a bunch, but rightfully so. He is a defending champion. But week seven, should we should we have something called like you know how in college football they have something called like the Iron Bowl for the what what is that? That's like Alabama and Auburn and things like that. We yeah. should have like the Oregon Bowl, but except like we'll we'll name it something like Oregon. Yeah, we'll get more creative like than that. From from Oregon, like Cannon Beach, like the Cannon Beach Bowl or something. Yeah, like the Cannon. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, 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 because it's going to be the two best teams in Oregon. And no, that's not a shot at the Dallas Strip. We know you guys are doing something special over there. But right now, the defending champion, Murphy Street Empire, is obviously the king. Giant target on their back all season. They make it up to week seven. And who do they play? Well, they don't have to travel too far because they're staying local. It's Mike. Not even arguably. The two best teams in Oregon clash head-to-head, and it's kind of like a self-made rivalry because this also is a playoff rematch from last year where obviously Murphy Street won on their way to a championship. But now this rematch happens, and it's it's just it's just fun, right? It's just it's one of the best rivalries in the PDL, just because of how both of them are. They know each other personally. They know how to uh, push each other's buttons. Like it's fun when you know it's Max versus Mike week, right? Yeah, and I I think like they it's kind of like when you play like like they obviously know each other very well. So it's kind of like when when Kev plays me or you, I think Kev gets like extra excited for that week. And he just like wants to win so much more. Oh, than yeah, he has that opportunity to like talk. She's like, wow, I just beat you, Tommy. Don't you like go to the beach and all you do is fantasy football. And I forget I'm even in the league sometimes and I beat you suck. <laughs> yeah, especially like when um, it's it's somebody because you can like brag a little bit more. Like if I beat like like max like obviously i'll be like you know like that that feels really good but it's not oh, dude, if i beat max i feel like a fucking king dude <laughs> but if i beat you i would be like yeah like all right that's that's great like <laughs> feeling real i can't good. wait to go into the podcast and talk to that fat fuck <laughs> <laughs> i'm feeling real good at that point but it's like you know you know it's like like because i don't know there's some of the weeks like you know i think everyone's probably expecting to beat greg and like when you win that game you're like all right cool like you know you're not really yeah, gonna... you're not you're not excited you're just actually i would hate to play greg right now because i'm so scared about the what ifs i'm like well what if somehow this works out for him and i'm the one that loses like you have so much to lose and like nothing to gain yeah because he i mean you, you never know you could he has michael gallops so if you play greg in like towards the end of the season Michael Gallup maybe has a 40 point week and then your, <laughs> your whole entire team is like really bad <laughs> and Mike Gallup and Drew Locke carry him to the title or the just the win that week, I guess. Oh my God, that'd and be devastating. But no, I, 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 I completely agree. You you can't you can't lose to Greg this year. You just can't do it. He is the worst <laughs> ever constructed in the PDL, and that's with Jensen 
being so here. You right now are predicting that he's going to set the record for the lowest points for for the entire season in the history of the PDL, right? Um, well, I mean, there were some weeks where Jensen just didn't set his lineup at all, so that <laughs> might not be possible. <laughs> Actually, so. there's also one week where the Yellow Hawks or the Yaws he scored like 48 points or something ridiculous like that. And yeah. they're the most points scored ever. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, so it's really, this is a team that scored barely, they couldn't even score 50 one week. And then they scored over 220 points in another week. And I was just like, oh my God. Because last week or last year, I scored over 200 points. And I was like, oh, this is by far has to be the most points ever scored in the PDL. And then I looked and I was like, Kev, when the fuck did you score 220 points? Like, dude, yeah, I don't know. That was crazy though, right? And I was like, dude, what the hell, man? It was, I think that was the, the first, the very first year of the PDL when he scored that many points. And like, he, uh, he was just happy, you know, Kev's just happy to get a win whenever he can get one. <laughs> Honestly, for him, a win of like 0.2 points or a win over 80 points, he doesn't really care because he's just happy he got yeah. it done. Yeah, he is. Like, cause he, he, like that week where they barely lost to Welch, like Welch wanted to lose so bad and Kev wanted to win so bad. And it was like, that that point oh five loss or whatever it was, you know that there's crust kept soul. Like <laughs> <laughs> so of, <laughs> he went to work a little upset actually, and then he got shook that something in fantasy was starting to impact his real life. He's like, I wonder if this is how Tommy and Darren feel, except all the time. Yeah, yeah, Kev, that is how I feel almost every single time I lose. It's I yeah, start to spiral. Tuesday. That Tuesday after like a tough loss, that whole Tuesday is pretty much shot. Like <laughs> Like it's like I'm not. You're kind of joking about it, but I'm being serious. Like Emily knows if I lose, I'm not like mean to her, but she knows I'm kind of down in the dumps a little bit, which is pathetic. It's just the fantasy football game. But like to me, I'm like so so bummed. For me, it's more so like Monday night. When I wake up Tuesday, (laughs) fine. But like Monday night, if I lose in a Monday night game because of like you know somebody like hold on, Darren, Darren. What if what if you're up? I'm gonna paint this picture. You tell me how you would. You're, You're you're up right now, 17 points. Okay? okay, and then Dan Kang, that's your rival right now, <laughs> suddenly has like a kicker and a defense or just some random bullshit, and then he beats you that night by one extra point. They get 18 points. Dude, how are you feeling that night? So here, here is the scenario I can paint for you realistically because <laughs> this is what really happened. Um, it, was, it wasn't Dan, but it was Ty. Um, we were playing in the playoffs, and we had the two best teams. So it was Oh, no, of- this is a playoff game, dude? Yeah, this was probably 10 years ago at this point. Um, me and Ty were living together at Temple. and So much worse. <laughs> I This was Robert Griffin, his rookie year. Um, so he was, like, amazing. Um, I had RG3. He had Pierre Garçon. And um, I think he just had Pierre Garçon. Uh, so I had RG3 and Martellus Bennett. And there it was the Redskins. At the time, it was Redskins, and they were playing the Giants on Monday Night Football. Ty was up, and he only had Pierre Garçon. So I needed RG3 and Martellus Bennett to outscore Pierre Garçon by, like, however many points. I don't remember how much it was right right now. That's an easy win Um, for you, dude. I I thought so. Um, So I go into the game, and I got, like, I got the points I needed. It goes into the fourth quarter, and in a fucking garbage time throw, meaningless, (laughs) meant nothing at all, RG3 throws to Pierre Garçon, and it gave Ty just enough points for me to lose and i was like are you fucking kidding me like Dude, did ty <laughs> shove that in your face like the entire week because i was, would it was worse because he he like he just sat there like in silence and kind of like smiled and didn't say anything and i was like you fucking bastard <laughs> that's so much worse that's so much this silence would kill me i'm like dude just say it. he's like no dude good game it was like, good game he like he like knew right like because he he knew we went into it knowing he was going to lose uh or just like accepting the fact that he was going to lose because i had rg3 and martellus bennett i only needed like 25 points or something <laughs> like that. like it wasn't like an unpassable bar by any means and pierre Garçon had like a 30 yard reception at the end of the game that meant nothing whatsoever and then i lost and i was like you're fucking kidding me <laughs> it was terrible and like that one was worse because I actually live with the person that beat me. So like that was terrible. But dude, imagine, anyway. but imagine if it wasn't time, it was Kev. Dude, that would oh be so God. he would bring it up every second. Bro, like he would just look at you and he'd be like, Yeah, dude, remember that? <laughs> From Tuesday until Thursday, when the next game started, he would have brought it up every chance he could have gotten. 
Oh my god. <laughs> dude, that would be horrible. But like, oh dude, but no, I completely get it. it. And that's the reason we bring this all up is because it's the rivalry. When you know someone, it's gonna be fun. So when Murphy Street plays against, you know, good old Mike's team, it's gonna be explosive because you know they're gonna talk smack. Both of them are probably gonna have pretty good records up to that point. I don't really know what their schedule looks like, but it's no secret that both of these teams are going to end up very, very high in my prediction for the preseason rankings that are going to come out. So that is why week seven about, you know, a little halfway through the fantasy season is going to be really nice to kind of get a treat because that should be a good barometer for both teams, right? Murphy street isn't, is going to be able to see a really good team. And Mike's going to be able to try to take on the defending champ. If Mike could beat max, that's all the confidence he needs. He's going to be like, damn dude, I'm going to do it. And week seven, that's before the trade deadline. Maybe that pushes it over the edge for him to get a little bit more ammunition, but let's be honest. No, Mike, if he is able to beat max, that's validation for him to not need to do any kind of trade, but that's like that barometer part of the season for both teams. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. I think this is like the point where, the team like neither of these teams i mean it's i guess it's possible with mike because like he kind of just tilts and changes his mind and shit not on the level that josh does but um he does Josh does at a historic level i think it's i think for mike it's more of like being like super duper pessimistic and he's like man my team sucks even though it doesn't because i thought when he blew up his team a couple years ago i thought his team was still like really good (laughs) so yeah um, no yeah for sure i think that like for him like, I don't think either of these teams, if they lose this game week seven, um, are going to, like, blow it up. But it might be the point where, like, Max is like, shit, I need another piece. Or, or Mike's like, shit, I need another piece. And then they try and, like, make a trade to get somebody to, like, make their team a little bit better. Um, so I think it might be that kind of barometer. Because, like, midway through the season, um, if Mike beats Max, he's like, all right, my team's in good shape. Or if Max loses, he might be like, all right, I need something a little bit extra to put me over the hump. I don't know what Max would get at that point, but um, there's there's definitely but both like, teams definitely have the ammunition to do something because oh, you could 100%. have made the argument that like I didn't really have much ammunition or one would think. And then I did the whole Austin Eckler thing to get a little bit more and then kind of made additional moves. I mean, Max is better than I am at fantasy football. So, I mean, at that point, he is definitely going to have his little playground to play with because he definitely is in a lot of leagues. So I feel like that's why I'm losing my edge a little bit there because, as you know, I'm not in a lot of leagues. And I take fantasy or not fantasy. I take the PDL as obviously my primary. So it would be kind of nice to be in other leagues to kind of test out other strategies. And so I could definitely say how that's been benefiting Max, obviously, because he's building super teams left and right. And that's obviously what he did right in front of our eyes in the PDL. So this should be a great barometer game because I completely agree. If one of these teams loses, that's they're both fine. But in my head, if I'm playing Max halfway through the season and I lose to him by, I'm not saying convincing fashion, but if, even if I lose, I'm in the back of my head, I'm thinking, man, if I just had someone a little bit better in flex, I could have beaten this guy. And if this is a championship game, can I beat him kind of thing? So it's just something like a little nugget of doubt. And so that week I am, you know, shamelessly rooting on Mike for ultimate chaos in the league. Could you imagine, dude, could you imagine a much worse champ than Mike? Cause that'll just be hilarious. Not because he would be a bad champ, but that's just pure chaos. Cause he would be the face of the PDL. We would have to keep referring to him as the champ. And I think that would just be hilarious. Don't you think? Yeah. He would, he would un- relish in it. <laughs> It'd be unbearable. It'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but let's continue week 11 dare. I guess, um, you know, if we're going to say something for the Oregon guys, what are some fun Delco things that we could call a bowl between each other? Huh? Yeah. I mean, and we're the only two, Delco teams left that are like relevant. I mean, by by this point in the season, um, the Yows might be because I mean they're apparently trying to win again after they traded for Austin. Eckler, they would so sell they- their soul for a single win in like a random meaningless week. Like they would do anything for a win. <laughs> so they might. I mean, there was like was it no? It's two years ago, I guess, when Mike Davis was like good on the Panthers. Um, Kev was like, he asked me like if he should trade for Mike Davis. And I was oh, like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> he did it anyway so like he's just gonna he's gonna do whatever he can to win i think probably so um i think that the wawa bowl dude yeah they could oh yeah we could do the wawa bowl so they're gonna do i mean what would oregon opiate the opiate bowl that would work. i was just called the uh <laughs> i was gonna call it like the duck bowl or i don't know just something lame <laughs> 
So we got the goose bowl and the duck bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think like this game for me, um, I don't think I've ever beat you since this league started. So it would be for me like a kind of like, wait, hold on. is that true? I don't think so. There's, no, you've definitely Actually, beaten me no, before. No, I did last year. Now that I'm thinking about it. I was going to say, there's no way that's true. Cause I was yeah, going to get so, cause if that was true, Dan, you, you gotta be so thankful. You know how obnoxious I would be if that was true. Are you, yeah, are you checking actually, facts right now? Yeah, I'm going back to the last. Uh, but anyway, you can just keep talking about. But yeah, no, I feel like kind of very similar to why we're highlighting um, yeah. MSC versus Mike in week seven. Week 11, we got Delco versus Carolina. That's me and Dare. Not only do we both obviously co-host this show, but we get to go head to head. And Darren's, I feel like, always been my rival because we've our whole friendship is based upon fantasy football. That's like all we talk about anyway. So it's just a nice way to kind of go head to head. And I feel like whatever Darren's record against me is in the past, I don't really count because that's when he was rebuilding an orphaned team. That's when it's a Gabe's team. But now I slowly feel like he's getting to the point where it's really yeah, his yeah, team sure. now. And so now I feel like I don't really care if I'm undefeated against you or if you've beat me eight times because I'm almost saying, all right, this year, this is the year. This is now what Darren's team is moving forward. Usually you want to give every owner, what, two to three years to kind of put their identity onto an orphan team anyway. So I feel like that much time has passed. So now moving forward, the Carolina Thunder record against Delco is the one I'm going to be paying attention against. So this could be pretty nice, but very similar to what I was kind of saying for Max and Mike. If I lose to Darren, um, I'm not going to be disappointed because he has a very good team, but it is going to put a little bit of doubt into my head saying, man, do I need to do something? Do I need to get something? But at that point, it would already be too late. So to me, it's just going to feel really, really good if I could pull off that dub against there. Not just because it's against you, Darren, but because objectively you have a good team. So being able to beat a good team, kind of like you were saying, like if I beat Greg, I'm going to be like, yeah, I mean, I was supposed to. If I beat Welch, I'm going to be like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And But if I beat you, I'm like, all right. Some people might have said, yeah, of course, you have a better team. But objectively, anything can happen. So to me, it'll be a sigh of relief saying, oh, my God, thank God I beat Darren. All right, who am I playing week 12 kind of thing? And I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, I'm looking at the past leagues, and Josh's team name is Fire Sale 2020 in the 2020 version of the league. Stop it, dude. <laughs> Stop. We're trying to ignore that past. I'm not trying to document that in the lore of the PDL that that has ever existed. It's it's Josh, though. I mean, he's... And then we have Big Ben's maniacal laugh. That's by far the worst name. Kenny loved it, too. The that was version. the worst name. And I made logos the, for every I, single team, was, too. Remember that? I, well, I guess at this point in the very first year, I didn't actually own this team. So it was Gabe. Gabe beat you the first year. I, I can't claim that win. I beat you once. All right. See, see, but moving forward, let's see how that goes. I think overall, I think right now I'm either tied or no, no. I think right now I have the best overall win percentage in the PDL. I'm fully anticipating that to change by the end of this year. Uh, I think the uh, Kevin's team is right behind me because Kev and Kenny actually both held that title for the best overall win percentage in the PDL for a little while. But due to last season, my team barely got the edge. So I'm trying to still hold on to that title. I don't think my team is the best in the league anymore by any means, but being able to have the best win percentage overall, hey, the statistics will back me up if I said I was the best because then I at least have that to go on, right? Yeah, you are You are in first. It's You're tied with Brett, actually, because Brett claimed Kenny's team. Um, oh, interesting. But it, and yeah, more... like I said, Kenny and Kev separately both held that title before yeah, where they were both tied. So yeah. then when <laughs> Brett took over, he inherited a very, very good team. So it only makes sense. So, okay, I'm not I'm not the sole first. I'm in third. Then. I'm hey! weirdly in third. Like, Hold I, you, I, dude. I was... Isn't that fun to look at, man? Brian, well, Jensen. So Brian has 11 wins and they're 11 and 29. <laughs> yeah, so technically <laughs> Brian has the best win percentage. Yeah, Brian. By far, Brian, actually. By far. Of actually, like, owning those years, Brian is, like, one of the best teams in win percentage because he can't really claim those 29. Well, some of the losses <laughs> are his, well, three of them. So he's actually 11-3, and, and Jensen was 0-26. <laughs> <laughs> 
historically bad. But no, it's fun to kind of paint that context because like I said, um, these are good people that I'm going against. And but like I'm trying to paint, I'm trying to make sure that the PDL is a special league. So every single win should feel very special. But then, of course, inevitably, there are some teams that may not be hoping to win too much. And so when this you win against crazy. them, it's all right. This is crazy to look at. Jo- or Max. Max's record is 20 and 20. He's only won 50% of his games, but he just won the league last year. And, and he has Mike, arguably a super team right now. Yeah. Mike has a worse record than Welch, who's been tanking for like a year and a half. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, Welch <laughs> was unbelievable the first two years in the league. I think that's, his very first league, he lost a championship game. That's true. He did lose uh, to that Aaron Jones touchdown the first year to friggin' Chuck. Yeah. And so, like, he could have, like, the whole. Isn't that crazy? Welch's legacy in the PDL would be so different right now if yeah, that one won. thing didn't happen. Like and We can never get rid of this Chuck Roast League champ from 2019. That's going to be there <laughs> forever. Welch, you are our best chance and you failed us. <laughs> and also, the Oregon guys could gloat over us all the time because right now it's split, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Chuck won one, but we were, that's a null. That's a null. Yeah. And then... Oh. I won one and then Max won one. And then this upcoming year, ah, you know, spoiler alert, I think Max can do it again. So it looks like Oregon's going to have a two, one lead. And then after this year, maybe spoiler, spoiler alert, um, my team might not just have the wheel. So then I'm going to just be like, Darren, please, please win one for the East coast. Cause we cannot let Max and Mike win over and over again. Cause we can't have that lead go on too far. Cause obviously you and I have a rivalry, but if I'm out of the playoffs and you're still in, I'm rooting for your team like a diehard fan. Like I am rooting for you over any other team. And I yeah. hope you do the same too, because we cannot let the West Coast win because obviously now they have Brian too. So, and Hollywood has a solid team too. So I feel like, uh, man, I just got to pray that the Yows can get their stuff together. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to really make that bet. The last thing that we want is a repeat champ. And that is not, I mean, nothing against Max or anything, but in my like long time redraft league, I won two years back to back and like everyone and nobody even like really cared because they were all like pissed off. Like, they were like, so like you, you don't <laughs> want to see that happen back to back years. Like, even if you won again, it would be like, at least like there was a gap in between, you know, like there was yeah. Max got a chance to get in there but when the same person wins two years in a row it's like the only person it's fun for is the person that won two years in a row <laughs> and is it even that much fun oh no it is never mind i was gonna like is it that fun because everyone's mad i'm like no if i won two times in a row I, that would be the most fun thing i could possibly think of right now <laughs> <laughs> but no i agree if there's a repeat winner everyone's like great it's the same old off season everyone's gonna talk about how that's the best team. oh my god this sucks but i completely agree with you anyone but msc that's what this podcast stamps their approval on but before we wrap there is one more game that we want to talk about week 13 so almost the end of the season there is another special game and man mike is getting a lot of uh, airtime. it's gonna be mike versus brian good old hollywood i feel like this is gonna be in here because they could have major impact on seeding because i believe we both probably predict these teams to make the playoffs but maybe this impacts bye weeks or maybe not even bye weeks just seeding because let's say um whoever loses this game they could very well play my team in the playoffs and maybe they don't want that or something like that or maybe i'm just getting a little bit too cocky but darren would you agree that this game has a lot of implications because of how close it is to the end of the season yeah i think so i mean i, I think at this point we know that brian is going to do everything he can to try and win this year um, and Mike is in a position to win this year for sure. So I think at this point, both of these teams, I mean, it might be trying to get into the playoffs. It might be for playoff seeding. Um, we're kind of expecting it to not be for a bye week because, well, if it goes to seven teams, it would probably just be Max um, from just like. Oh, uh, for sure. It's got to be Max. So if there's only one bye week team, let's just say it's Max. So like this is either for seeding or like getting into the playoffs. Um, because there is so many teams that are trying to get in the playoffs this year. I think the only ones that aren't are Welch and Greg. Um, yeah, for sure. So it's it's going to be a tough season. There are going to be some people that are going to be disappointed. Yeah, it's going to be so close. Like, this is a week before the end of the season. Like, this could be, like, a win-or-go-home situation. Like, it might be, like, all right, Mike, if you lose, you're not going to make the playoffs. Or, Brian, if you lose, you're not making the playoffs. So it could be, like, a really disappointing week for one of the two. 
Yeah, it, there's just so many implications. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this whole season is going to be an absolute blast. And I'm really excited to have you along. Where we're going to be talking about week-to-week matchups, how we do when the regular season goes. But like I said, the offseason is just so hard to come up with a lot of fun things to talk about. And so that's why I apologize for absolutely nothing that we didn't get this out on the correct time. But hey, we're at least trying to hit that one episode a week quota. But before we wrap there, and there have been a lot of things circulating around Carolina Thunder right now regarding the quarterback room. You got to give us a little bit of update because obviously you've been keeping a close eye on the news with Watson, but the Baker news happened. And we meant to include that in the last uh, podcast episode, but of course, Zoom kicked us off. So we didn't have an opportunity to do so. But now that I have you, give us a little update. What's going on in the Carolina quarterback room right now? So everyone knows about Mr. Deshaun Watson, the situation he's Ooh, going in. Oh, that's where that sound <laughs> drop would have went. But the latest update um, I saw was the they're pushing for four to six games for him. And that was from a Cleveland beat reporter. Um, I know that Brett came out right away and he was like, well, that is just clickbait. And nobody really knows what's going on at this point. Um, but it's I, I know that Brett is hoping for his dear life that it is a long suspension because he has he's his season pretty much hinges on. Jacoby imagine Brissett. being a Jacoby Brissett truther. Just imagine. <laughs> so, it's like he needs Jacoby Brissett to play as many games possible, like so badly. So I understand why he's like hoping to God that that four to six games isn't true. But on the other hand, the more that I've been like thinking about and the more that I've been like reading and everything, it's kind of weird that the NFL leaked their standpoint so early on. Like how long ago was it? Like it was like a month ago, right? That they, the NFL was like, we want a year or like an indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson. Nah, dude, that was like their PR move. They're like, let's start really high and then start That's going lower and lower exactly. and lower because it makes exactly. no sense. Like you said, why would they have said anything at all? I think they're they, they doing that for PR, like you said, because they are going like super high because they know it's not going to be that high. And they're going to be like, well, you know, we wanted that and they wouldn't give it to us. And we like, so I don't think they have a very strong case exactly like why they couldn't get a criminal case because there's no evidence really. So I think like, I kind of think it'll be like, eight games or less. Wow. Um, you're a real piece of shit, aren't you, Darren? I, I just don't think that they have a strong case. And the NFL PA is going to go to bat like real hard for Deshaun Watson. So like, I kind of, I, I think he's going to play in a Cleveland Browns uniform this year. Um, unless there's like, Damn, so instead of punching someone, Kamara should have just like sexually assaulted the guy in the hallway. Right. That would probably should have. That would have been way better for me. <laughs> If Alvin Kamara sexually assaulted a man, he probably wouldn't get suspended at all. Like he'd be fine. <laughs> oh, damn. all right. Yeah, I got. I got to call him into my office. And be like, come here. Whenever you get angry, just use that for a hand job. That's what we're you gonna doctor do, this video. Because <laughs> <laughs> then they can't release it. Because they yeah. won't release someone. You just give someone a hand job, dude. Job They'll show someone getting beat the fuck up, but not a hand yeah. job. Just do that next time. <laughs> Just like doctor the video so his hand is like lower by his genital area, and then you're good. You're, <laughs> just you know, just go to fine, just start pounding it. his balls, just assault him, <laughs> bust the testicle. That's fine, but just make it look like a handy, and you'll be fine, man. But no, you're right. I feel like um every news I've heard about Watson so far is like, no, we're not even okay with this season. We went indefinite suspension starting yeah. at the season, and then we might add on more. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is great. And then you're like, all right. Uh, okay, maybe just a season. Like he already lost yeah. the season, so we'll throw on another season. And then now they're like, uh, I mean, he already lost the season. There's no <laughs> proof, so maybe like half a season. And they're like, like oh we'll no, there's like 17 games. games. You can't do half of 17. So let's just give him like a clean six. We'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there we go. Let's just do six. So like they're gonna come out, and then it's gonna be like they're going to it's going to be released like this judge or whoever that's like making the initial ruling and then Roger Goodell has to make the final ruling but the judge is probably going to say somewhere less than a season and then Roger's going to be like you know well we tried this is what we wanted but this is what she recommended based on the evidence so it's going to be 6 to 8 games and then that'll be it and then he'll have his suspension he'll play in the brown uniform he'll be good and then next season when the next season starts no one will even care anymore it'll just go away eventually like kind of how ben roethlisberger went away eventually like people still knew it happened but no one really cared 10 years later like it's just it'll just go away eventually and like he'll just be a shit bag that plays in a brown uniform and 
it's it's weird because it would be nice like even though i have him on my team it would be nice if he actually would have had some kind of um consequences for his actions like you shouldn't be able to carry yourself in that way and just be like, yeah, I'm going to get $230 million and be suspended and lose like, <laughs> you know, whatever he's, cause he's, he's like, but the thing is, is like suspension doesn't impact him at all. Like, Oh, Not at darn. All. I don't get to play like six to eight games of me being thrashed. I get to just sit yeah. here and just make my, like, there's honestly no that's not even a consequence at all because people are like well mm-hmm. he got suspended like he didn't play all of last year i'm like yeah so he got to chill and not play for a shitty houston team and then get a 230 million dollar guarantee like the best thing happened like he didn't have to play yep. and he got paid yep. like that was not a punishment not playing for the texans like if i, I was deshaun was watson i'd be like i'd rather <laughs> not play at all than have to play <laughs> yeah so i mean i think he made out like a fucking bandit on this whole situation but you know it is what it is that's that is life it's you know the the fortunate never really get seemed to be punished as well as they should so it is what it is and it seems like he's going to be playing probably longer than more people expected a couple weeks ago in a browns uniform this season i, I think he's gonna um, come out and be like yeah he's just he's gonna be suspended for the first preseason game and then he's good to go yeah <laughs> like yeah you know he's not gonna be able to play in the preseason and then hope he'll be, he'll be allowed to play week one <laughs> <laughs> he's not allowed to dress he's not allowed on the plane at the preseason game he's not allowed anything yeah we'll really show him but 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 week one we need the monies and we want baker versus deshaun watson headlines we want that money so but in, uh in yeah. other news speaking of baker baker was traded since we last talked i know we were trying to talk about this but zoom cut off um, so Baker Mayfield is now the presumed quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Oh, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. There's a quarterback battle, a I've heard. They're saying, they're saying <laughs> it is, but his competition is Sam Darnold, who is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. No, no, uh, no. His competition is Matt Corral. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think if they thought Matt Corral was anything good, they probably wouldn't have traded for Baker. Um, I think they probably saw him at like rookie mini, mini camp and stuff. And they were probably like, yeah, this guy sucks. Um, we need to do I something. I think what happened was um, they said that the Panthers offered more and the Browns were like, no. And then they saw that the yeah. Panthers drafted Mac around the third. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like they might not actually want. So they probably went back and like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll take like a fifth. Yeah, we'll take a fifth. Yeah, it's like they could have. So if they got a fifth, that could be a fourth. It was probably a third. That could have been a second, right? Like that would have been what the probably I would have guessed. It would have been whatever pick they would have or the they used for like Rao or whatever. <laughs> the Browns definitely fucked up there, um, but you know whatever. It's he's. Still I mean, they're the there. brownies. What do you expect them to do at this point? They're just a franchise of failure. But even for the Panthers, they still kind of spent a lot because they they still in the terms of they spent a third and a fourth instead of a second to get baker sort of because they spent that third on matt corral who presumably isn't good um because they wouldn't have still traded for baker if they saw anything that was like because normally when the guys come in there like i've seen like a lot of like scouts and like coaches and stuff that have said like in the past like once you have a guy in your building and you see him like on the field and practice and stuff they can usually tell like right away if they're good or not so I think they probably saw Matt Crowell for those couple weeks and they were like, yeah, he doesn't have it. <laughs> so they were yeah, like, dude, this, right, this whole draft class right now, quarterbacks up to this point, very, very early to tell seems uh, pretty interesting so far. It, it lives up yeah. to the billing of what we all thought it like this draft class was going to be quarterback wise yeah. so far. But, you know, Baker gets a lot of shit, but like I have a lot of things to back it up. But I mean, Last year, before he got hurt, he was 14th in big-time throw rate, 7th in yards per attempt, 8th lowest turnover-worthy play rate. So, like, he's got That's stuff. all of you guys know. This is what Darren reads before he goes to sleep. He's like, oh, my God, oh, yeah. Baker's going to be so good. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Highest completion percentage on deep pass <laughs> attempts since 2018. This is 20-plus air yards. <laughs> Kyler Murray is first. Baker Mayfield is second. And Baker Mayfield is ahead of Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson in that stat category. So, I mean, you, you've got a lot of things. It's, he gets, I think it's like Baker is not – he did not live up to the first pick overall billing. Like, he did not. Obviously, Josh Allen is the best quarterback from that draft class, right? Like, it's Josh Allen by a mile. But Baker Mayfield is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Like, Mayfield's, Mayfield's per drop back success rate in 2020 was on par with Deshaun Watson. So the player that was just traded for three first round picks and he had 46 or whatever it was, sexual assault cases, Baker Mayfield is just as good as him. Um, 
just a, in terms of like statistics on like an efficiency level. So like it's obviously he was dog shit last year. I'm not not denying that whatsoever. But the Browns probably should have been like, you know, this guy with the separated shoulder that needs surgery, he probably shouldn't be playing anymore, but they played him anyway. Um, that's kind of like the way that Baker is, like from seeing how he is and everything, like he's like a he's a tough dude and he like wants to play when he can. The Browns coaching staff should have stepped in and been like, yeah, Baker, you're not playing. You're very I mean, he's essentially like he loves Brett Favre, and that's what Brett Favre would have done too. Unless Brett Favre like literally had his arms amputated, um, he was gonna play, and that's what essentially Baker did too. So I I definitely agree that I mean I'm being biased too. I'm a big Baker fan and I always have been, and I still think he's a good quarterback. But um, it should be interesting because the narrative has swung so far the other way because of how his injury-ridden season has gone when he kind of forced himself to play. And I feel like now the narrative has gone too far the other way. But I'm a little bit interested because I'm sure you watch Baker Mayfield games a little bit more than I did. But to me, having someone like Christian McCaffrey, I'm pretty excited. I feel like the targets that he should get is a little bit better. Uh, Mayfield's probably going to try to not die and because he is someone who likes dink and dunk and baker mayfield saying even in oklahoma he likes to spread the ball around and so that makes me happy because i know mccaffrey will still be able to get his rather than you know someone like sam darnold who would like to just kind of stand in the pocket and chuck bombs and then just completely fail and then just continue to chuck it his way too but i feel like overall baker to the carolina offense i don't care what you think about baker that's an upgrade regardless because oh, he is better than Cam Newton was last year and Sand Arnold was last year. So, like, he's he's an upgrade. So, I don't really care what you guys think. But that means it has to look a little bit better for, you know, if you have a DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey, people like that, right? Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was already, like, what, the second best running back in the I mean, league. in a per-game <laughs> basis, I, I don't think how you can take anyone over him. The only concern you have with Christian McCaffrey has to just be injury, right? But on a per game yeah. basis, he's going to be like, I mean, he was better than Jonathan Taylor last year, I believe on a per game basis. But to be fair, that's a very small sample like- size because he only <laughs> played like four or five games. But in those four or five games, he averaged like 30 points a game. It's not like he limped back from an injury and then gave you like an 11 point week. When McCaffrey actually played, he would drop like 20 plus points every single time. So mm-hmm. I feel like on a per game basis, if he was able to do that on the shitty ass Sam Darnold led Matt rule led offense, I know it's obviously Matt Rule led again, but everything else I'd like to think is a little bit more of that type of upgrade. So I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. It just got to hope that McCaffrey doesn't die. But for you, you got to be smiling ear to ear because you probably had no idea where Baker was going to go. And then when he ended up going to Carolina, you got to be pretty happy. Yeah, because it was, I mean, it seemed like it was either going to be there or Seattle. Seattle, right? I would much rather, even though Ben McAdoo is like not the greatest, um, I did not want him to go to Seattle with Pete Carroll because that is like a recipe for my nightmare because there is like, they like literally a watered have, like, down Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski offense. Like they yes. just want to run it even more, but like they're and not have like good. a worse version of Russell Wilson in that situation. So <laughs> Russell Wilson was already like hampered by this situation. You put in a worse version of Russell Wilson and you like, destroy oh. him. Like <laughs> this is going to be bad. So it's like, it, it worked out like as good as it could have, because obviously he didn't have a lot of options. I wanted him to go to the Colts originally because I thought he would be actually like really good on the Colts with like Frank Reich. Like I, I thought he would be awesome on the Colts. Like I, I think like, to me, that made more sense than getting Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's probably the better quarterback. Obviously, he won an MVP, so he's he's older. Um, At the stage think, of the careers, which ones do you want? But it looks like Baker could they think long- that Matt Ryan could win them a Super Bowl in like the next year or two. Yeah. I don't think that can happen. Obviously, it can definitely happen, but mm-hmm. um, should be interesting. The AFC is just too tough. But I think for like the Colts, I think Baker could have been a long-term situation for like you know five five years or whatever. Matt Ryan's probably like a two, three year band-aid kind of. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of weird that like nobody really wanted him because he is uh, he is really good. And I think like I'll, I'll do that. A lot of that was like due to the fact of like OBJ. So you're saying like, this is going to essentially yeah. be like Philip Rivers 2.0, a better version of what they got in Philip Rivers. But like the same exact thing. I think Rivers played for what, like two years there? And then he was out? I think it was only one. In, oh, was it in- just the one? 
Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So something like that, but it's like a better version of what they try to do then, right? Yeah, I think Matt Ryan has a lot more in the tank than Philip Rivers did. At oh that yeah, point. for sure. But I mean, I think it's like three years max, and then because he's he's, I think he just turned thirty-seven. So I feel like he got and he was good last year too, Matt Ryan. He was, he was just on a bad yeah. team. And he lost um he lost Calvin Ridley because he disappeared at that point. So he basically only had Kyle Pitts and a shit offensive line. So that was all he had. So I think like this year, good offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, like Pittman, yeah. Frank Reich he's being got, just a good coach overall. Yeah, I think he's got 37, 38, 39. And then that 39 season is probably like they'll probably drafted like a younger quarterback that year, and that's like his last year, and then he'll probably retire. So I think he's got three years left, but I I don't, you know, I I I don't know. I, it's just weird to me that like they keep putting these like band-aids all like every year over and over again. It's like Carson Wentz, Bill Rivers, Matt Ryan. Like, why not try and get someone that can play for you for 10 years instead of three? <laughs> like, it's weird. Maybe that's what know. they thought what Wentz was going to be. Maybe like, I mean, evidently, they probably, they, yeah, yeah, they were wanting that. And then they saw how badly yeah. that like shook out. So maybe they <laughs> saw Baker Mayfield. and They're like, fuck, if we didn't just go through this Carson Wentz thing, we probably would. But instead, yeah. let's just go get Matt. Because you know, let's be honest, Matt Ryan is safe. He's way safer. You know who I bet wished that the Deshaun Watson thing was resolved a little bit sooner? The Washington Commanders. I oh, bet yeah. they loved to have had Baker Mayfield instead of Carson Wentz because that is 100% something I could have seen happen is the Commanders trading for Baker Mayfield because they would have they would have probably They'd given so happy that. for that. <laughs> they probably would have given two seconds for him. And like they would have been bidding against like basically nobody. And but they would think they- that they're bidding against people because it's the commanders. But like, I mean, that still would have been a good spot for him too. Cause he would have went there with Terry McLaurin, um, I guess, Jahan Dotson, um, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. So like that would have what been a good spot. looks to be a solid defense overall. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, and obviously a shitty division. So I think like you're, I don't know. I think he's good he's a good player. He gets too much shit at this point because like, I think it was, there was a point where he was overrated and now he's kind of underrated because he's being shit on constantly. And it's, it's not really like, he's not, he's not great. And he's probably never going to be great, but he's definitely a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So I don't know how this last segment t- turned into us talking about somehow talking about like Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, the commanders, but that's what all is fun. But I'm actually really relieved that the commanders didn't get Baker. Cause I'm much happier that they got Carson Wentz. And uh-huh. so as an Eagles fan, NFC East fan, that is better for us, but overall this should be one heck of a season, but Darren right on the spot right now, who do you project to go to the PDL championship? Who versus who? Um, you know, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say me versus Max. All right. All right. I was actually going to say that, <laughs> but now I feel like I have to be different. I am going to say Max is going to repeat overall. So I think he is going to win, but let me put good old Mike up there. Mike is going to get super aggressive. Uh, he's going to see that his team is as good as he thought it was. Some of his players are going to hit. Then he's going to have so many ammunition. He's going to be able to flip some of them to get one of these premium players that he's going to need to go up against Max. And I feel like he just has so much depth all over the place. He's going to be able to make a good push, but Max is going to say, no way, man, I'm still going to repeat. So right now, that's what my gut is saying with, how I feel on July 13, 2022. But my original one said, yeah, Darren, not only do you win a couple of playoff games, I think you're going to be able to make the championship too. So I think that's fun. Also, I did want to add, fantasy football is way more fun when you're not expected to win it again. Does that make sense? Like when I won uh, last season, it sucked because you're like, well, yeah, you're probably going to make it. And like, if I got there, I can't probably be like, oh, dude, I made the championship game. You would have been like, well, yeah. You're kind of supposed to like, it's not as fun. So I feel like um, Max is definitely going to feel that a lot because like any, like, let's say Max has a week where he puts up like 200 points. Obviously that's freaking impressive. Right. But if Max is, it will be like, well, yeah, I mean, come on, Max, you kind of should have put that up. So I feel like it sucks because no matter what you do this year, Max, you're not going to get the praise that you should, but I'll be here to try to shine that light on you because I know how that feels. But yeah, right now I feel pretty good. I don't, I don't like to be the favorite ever because I feel like, 
you want to be favored because you want the respect, but you also, for me, I don't want a lot of people thinking that I can do it just so if I make a couple wins here and there, it's more of like a pride thing rather than just being like, well, everyone said I should have done this. So I, I'm glad I got, it. it's almost like a relief when you do it rather than happiness. Yeah. It's like when um, last year, when the, the Bengals made the Super Bowl, nobody was expecting that to happen in the beginning of the year, <laughs> but you know, everything past getting in the playoffs is just like an awesome feeling for them to happen. So like, when you're not really expecting to do well, it's kind of, it's nice, you know, like it's, it's uh, you get everything that you could have hoped for. And it's, it's nice to not have all those expectations. It's like the, like the Patriots, like everyone was like, yeah, cool. Like they won, <laughs> you know, like it, anytime it you make happens. your playoff thing, you're like, Oh, hot take the Patriots yeah. are going to make it to the gonna AFC the- championship <laughs> game. Hot take, hot take. Gonna and everyone's like, if you did make it and they didn't have it there, they'd yell be like, Oh, you're so dumb. You don't have them there. So it's like, it's, it's like with the chiefs right now. The Chiefs don't win at least one playoff game. That whole exactly. season's a failure, right? Like exactly. making the playoffs is great, but that's not enough for them. Like they have to, I'm not going to say they have to make it to the Super Bowl every year. Right? They have to make the AFC championship every year, but if they don't win at least one playoff game, I feel like that's just a failure for them. And that's just not fun because like you deserve to be excited when that happens. So I'm sorry, Max, that's the wagon you're kind of having right now, but that's just due to the respect that you have. And so Going into this season, I feel a lot better because last season, Darren, you could admit I was pretty miserable because every time something bad happened, I took a double worse because I really want to repeat. Like I should have done better than I did in my head. Whereas now I'm like, okay, like maybe I'm only the third or fourth best team. Like that's okay because I still think I could get that whole thing. And it's going to be great when my plan comes together. It's going to be way better. And I'm sure for you, Darren, you're just really excited to get that monkey off your bat and getting that playoff win, right? Yeah, I would be happy. Honestly, like I, I know I was a little biased and said myself there, but I um, would love to win a playoff game. And if I just win a playoff game, that would be like nice. I, I, obviously, winning the league would be much better, but I would love to win the league or just win a playoff game. It would be awesome because that was like my when I took over Gabe's team a couple years ago, my goal was to suck for two years obviously I didn't really meet that mark because I was better than I expected um but my goal was to be like really bad um hoping to get some of those like blue chip players that like Max has with like Jamar Chase and Jonathan Taylor like that first year I really wanted to be really bad so I could get Jonathan Taylor um that didn't work out so the last year I was hoping to like be a little bit better but like still be bad didn't work out um I'm like I was like just good enough to make the playoffs and then I just got shit on both years. So it would be nice to actually win a playoff game. Finally, that would be nice. <laughs> if you could win your very first playoff game against any team, who, who would you want that one to be against? Brett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. You're calling your, dude, you're building this rivalry into ex- <laughs> uh, like existence right now. You know, that. you know, you know, Brett's going to hear this and play it like on repeat every single night until he plays you. Right. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm kind of a little bit joking because I know that he takes it like so personally, but I, I it would be nice to kind of beat Brett. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, it might be Brett might even make the playoffs because like we said earlier, like week four, if it if he has that hinge point in the season, it might not be Brett. But like if I could beat somebody else, it'd be cool to beat Max, like knock off the champ. Oh, dude, be- what a big dick energy move to take That'd out Max awesome. this year to get your very first. Dude, that is your Super Bowl. I don't care if you don't win the league. I mean, you you deserve to at that point. Play. Yeah. yeah. But if very even if you play. don't, you could be like, well, I at least ended the fact that <laughs> Max would have probably repeated, but I stopped that from happening. Yeah. It would be cool. I'll be, I'll be into it. Could very well happen because Max could have like a buy. You could, uh, you're probably gonna have a pretty high seed, so you could probably take down someone in a lower seed and then play Max. Like, oh wait, so no, at that point, that would be your second win. So yeah, I guess it'd be kind of hard for you to be able to beat him in your very first playoff game. But hey, if it happens, it happens, and I'll be sweet if that was your first one. But hey, Brett, you hear him? He's calling you out, bud. He's saying that he wants you to win, just like when he guaranteed he would beat you in the playoffs last year. He's kind of calling his shot again. So. I hope you put this as bulletin board material, but, but all right, guys, thanks for joining. This has been a little bit longer, but Hey, until next time, take care guys. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.